Hi there, I'm your host Kate. I grew up in Seattle, Washington around friends that were entrepreneurs or had parents that were. Throughout my different ventures, I came to a realization that I enjoy talking to people about their careers and listening to their inspiring stories. One day, I thought to myself, why not record these conversations and make it into a podcast? So here we are, and now these stories are available to you with the hope that you'll also find them inspiring. On today's episode, you will be hearing from Rocky Chen, co-founder of The Mecca, a resale and consignment shop for sneakers, clothing, and collectibles. Rocky's career stemmed from his love of basketball when he was just 14 years old. He went from making $20 to $30 a sale to seven figures in sales just two months after reopening The Mecca in Valley Square Mall. The Mecca has sold to many sneakerheads, including celebrities that become returning customers. He has such a strong work ethic and remains humble throughout all his success. Tune in to hear about his journey on how he grew his love for shoes into a booming business. I see here um, that you started the Mecca, but before it became a store, um how how long have you been in the shoe industry um i've been in this industry for about 10 years now like this year would be my 10th year that's kind of crazy isn't it (laughs) yeah that is crazy so i i know you told me you're 24 meaning 10 years ago you have started when you were 14 yep yep exactly wow but how did you yeah. yeah go ahead I'll give you a little um, background. I guess. So when I was about 13 or 14 years old, um, I wasn't even really into shoes, to be honest with you. I was more interested in like basketball. That's kind of what started it for me. Like in sixth grade, I was like infatuated with basketball. Um, and so like everyone had the coolest shoes at the time. Um, my family and I, we couldn't really afford it since uh, I come from an immigrant family. I came here when I was like four years old. And so I had to save up like a year's like worth of like savings from like red envelopes, stuff like that, to be able to even afford my first pair of shoes. And like, I just fell in love with that. Um, And then from there, I, I mean, I found every which way I could to make some money to buy like more pairs and more pairs. And then I really like, I just fell in love with it. I I would learn all the history behind all the shoes. and then came a point where I, like, I studied, like, I, I made my first sale. Uh, I remember I, I bought a pair of, like, used shoes, and I would clean them myself, and then I would sell them for, like, 20, 30 hours more. And then I kept doing that. Um, and then I got to a point where I was, like, literally in all these Facebook market groups for, like, mm-hmm. hours, just studying, like, price changes, markets, stuff like that. Um, but like in the beginning, like it was really hard. Cause like my capital was limited. So, 
So I would ride the bus like two or three hours to like Linwood to South Center and stuff like that, just to make $20, $30 a pair. Um, but that's, that itself like taught me a lot about the value of a dollar. And so did my parents. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I started. That's incredible that you were 14 years old because I'm just thinking back to when I was 14 and I was probably just wanting to hang out with friends and go to the mall. <laughs> I, I, I really respect you for that. And um, the only shoes I really knew probably were like Reeboks or Adidas <laughs> at the time. <laughs> or, I'm trying to yeah, I mean, those are cool back popular. in the day too. Do you remember the Vans? Vans. Yes, the Vans, the big, like, low, um, or I guess there were high-top Vans, too. Those were my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I think I I still love Vans to this day. I think they're one of the most comfortable shoes. Yeah, I agree. Maybe maybe we should bring them back. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we should. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, that's that's so awesome. Um, So you were... 14 you really love shoes and you really loved basketball and you started buying shoes for yourself but like what made you think hey I could sell these um so I it was actually kind of interesting so when I bought my first pair of shoes I didn't know that shoes in general were like semi-limited like people can't really just go to store and buy the, the shoe that they want so I learned that early on. And so my first pair of shoes, it was actually a pack. It was like a DMP pack. Um, and I bought them. It was, I think, 300 or 350 for two pairs. And like out of nowhere, I, I just look online. And I see them like going for like $100, $200 more than that. And I was like, wait a minute. Like there might actually be something here. Like from that point on, like I, I was just in all the groups studying like prices, stuff like that. Like I must have rode the bus a thousand times to meet with like thousand people to make twenty thirty dollars. Yeah, and were you busing like? Because were you busing from like east east side? Uh, I was busing from around like Beacon Hill area. Okay, to like because I know I like, had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you said Linwood, I was like, I remember I had to take like two or three buses to get there. No transfers. <laughs> So that means you were determined. Yeah, I was. But at the time, I was trying to make money so I could buy more shoes for myself. That was my goal at the time. And I still do, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, like, what kind of platforms did you have at the time when you were starting off? Um, when I first started, it was strictly Facebook market, like Facebook groups, stuff like that. That's where I got... Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much all my sales, uh, pretty much where I met all the people. Because um, mm-hmm. there wasn't really much back then. They didn't have StockX. We didn't have Go. Um, the only thing we really had was Facebook and uh, Flight Club. That was kind of like the next stepping stone for me. So you found out you can make sales on Facebook and online and started selling them. Um and were these only basketball shoes in particular? Um, yeah, mostly Jordans at the time. You didn't really have in mind of like wanting to start a business, right? It just kind of came upon you as you found out that there's a market for these shoes? 
Um, actually, I've always been interested in business. Like even before that, there was this game that I played called Maple Story. I don't know if you know. Oh yes, about <laughs> Maple Story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started off as actually like a merger. I don't know if you know what that term means, but like there is like a free market in the game, and then I would just buy and sell um, in-game I- items on there, and then I would sell mesos to my friends in person. That's kind of what started it for me, like the whole oh, business okay. thing. Yeah. Gotcha. So Maple Story was what made you interested in business. Yeah, I would spend so much time playing that game. It was ridiculous. So you have a really strong entrepreneurship, like hustle. Kind of. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm just blessed with a lot of good friends who know a lot. I, I like to learn a lot of stuff. And a lot of my friends also are like that. So my friend was actually the one that put me on mining crypto and he kind of explained the whole thing to me. And I was like, wait, why aren't more people doing this? Like, it's, it's actually crazy. Would you say that having a strong community and support group was one of the most important things that led to your success? 100%, but like, not just like support group, but like networking in general is way more valuable than like anything that you can learn, to be honest, like from school or otherwise. And um, can you give me an example of um, one of your network connections that led to an opportunity? Um, Well, the mining one. Um, But other than that, um, I also, so I have a mentor who kind of teaches me about, I guess, business related things that I didn't know about because I come from kind of like a hustler mentality, right? Just reselling shoes, flipping shoes, making $20, $30 here and there. But he was the one that kind of opened the door to like really make money and also like preserve that money and save money. I read somewhere like recently that said something like the IRS provides like tax breaks and things of that nature to those who like create jobs, invest in real estate, et cetera. And like, while that is true, like I, and I began to like reap those benefits. Like there's, there's like systems in like, in place where it doesn't apply to like your average work, like average uh, salary worker, I guess. And he really took me under his wing and like taught me things that um, they don't teach you in school. How did you meet this mentor? Um, I met him through basketball, actually. Like he played in the same league as me and he was someone that I knew had made it. And like, he was like so gracious enough to like teach me about things that I didn't know about the business world and stuff like that. Because college, uh, I have such like a bad rep with college, but I also think it's like, I don't want to say needed, but it's like, it's good to have if you can afford it. Right. Yeah. That makes, well, I don't know if that makes sense. To your sense. point, I guess for me, like how I look at it, um, I didn't have the greatest experience in college as well, but I will say one of the best takeaways I had was the network aspect of it. So you mentioned that earlier, and I would say I made um, a lot of friends and even um, professors that became friends, like um, that educated me a lot and in a way mentored me too. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that 100%. Like, college is. Mm like a melting pot of like so many students who are so talented and stuff like that. And that's why I like see value in college. It's not 
necessarily for the classes that you take, but it's, mm-hmm. it's for the people that you can meet. Yeah, I definitely agree. And um, lots of programs, too, I would say, like for businesses um, to get in front of like different venture capitalists or opportunities like that. So I, 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 I agree with you. Awesome. Um, okay, so um, you've been in this business for 10 years and um, but you did go to school. So you went to business school. Am I right in that? Okay. And what did you study or major in while you're in school? Uh, I majored in finance and management. Okay. And um, did you um, have any background in entrepreneurship? Um, I mean, outside of MapleStory, I also sold um, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And then after that, I went to shoes. And I really pretty much stuck (laughs) with shoes for the next 10 years. Uh Other than that, um, I also started like a ice cream shop. I opened up Swirl with uh, one of my friends. It was like a rolled ice cream pop-up shop that we did. That's probably more entrepreneur of me than the shoes. It was more of like a pop-up thing that I wanted to try. Like it was the summer going into my freshman year of college. Okay. And then um, how long did it stay open for? Um, We did a pop-up for three days. And then um, I kind of like focused on freshman year after that. But it it did pretty well for for what what it was. So you opened the Mecca in, I see, November 14th of 2021? That was kind of like the reopen. Yeah. Okay, the reopening. So, when was it open prior? Um, so I actually joined the Mecca that uh, last summer. Um, the founders were my friends uh, Ahmed and Walid. They opened it up in the summer. It was actually at Crossroads, um, and then they wanted to bring in a third partner. Um, because Bellevue Square was like a whole different monster. So that's how that's kind of how I joined them. So they were opening Crossroads already in summer of 2021. And they had a full shop there? Yeah. Okay. And is that store still open? No, so we, moved, we relocated. Yeah, we re- relocated to Bellevue Square Mall. Bellevue Square. And that's pretty insane because uh, growing up, in Bellevue I've never seen a store like that before um, yeah it's the so, first of its kind right you guys listed it as the first reseller consignment store right yep on opening day uh, you guys had people lined up um, like around the corner yeah like hundreds of people it's actually kind That's, of insane yeah, like imagining like the support you had on that day. Did you expect that at all? Um, we kind of did because we we did the necessary like preparations. Um, mm-hmm. We wanted, we kind of built up like a huge hype around it, um, offered a lot of doorbuster deals, stuff like that. So then it's open since November. And what are your, do you guys have any goals for uh, the Mecca this year? Um, so, yeah, we opened our store uh, when we first opened. It was in-store only, but we're launching a website 
uh, to do shipping orders because we've been getting like nonstop customers asking for, um, do, do we ship, do we ship? Mm -hmm. So that's going to be launching hopefully beginning of March. Um, and then we're also looking into opening up another store probably within the next year, year and a half. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So growth was pretty quick then once you guys moved to Vancouver. Yeah, it was, awesome. it was kind of, it was lucky because we got into Bellevue Square right before the holidays. So that definitely helped us a lot. Yeah, that's great timing. You guys have a physical store in Bellevue Square and you're starting the online website. Um, a regular person like me, if I wanted uh, shoes that were going to be released, like um, I would probably have to either go on the website and sign up immediately once they release the shoe to purchase it and I know like that's super hard but yeah it's super for hard you guys is it different or what does um, that look like to like to, uh, to purchase shoes it's more or less the same like no one really gets shoes at retail anymore not even us like we have to pay pretty much a little bit under market uh, but we buy in bulk so it's a little cheaper and that way we can make a little bit um, in-store and stuff like that let's say a shoe releases is it going to be you and your uh, uh, co-founders on a, like a computer trying to purchase that shoe or what does that day honestly, look like <laughs> honestly at this point I don't even go online and try anymore like I can't remember the last <laughs> time I got a pair uh -huh. for detail <laughs> would you camp um, out the, at all when I when I was mm -hmm. young I would but not so much anymore like right now um mm -hmm. We basically, so there's a huge community online for, I guess, botting sneakers. And that's pretty much who um, takes up a lot of the stock that goes live online. Um, and then there's things, there's whole, like spiel about um, that whole side of uh, sneaker reselling. So there's, there's a thing called, uh, there's botters and then there's like slot runners. So like basically... Um, a botter is someone who wakes up in the morning and tries for the online releases and they have a bot that basically auto checkout for them on the, their website and it gets shipped to their address. Um, and then slot runners are people who use other people's money, like capital wise cards, stuff like that, um, to do the same thing. It's just incredible to me that like technology wins. Um, yeah. like you need the we, help of technology, you know, for sure. These are like multi-million dollar, like companies that, that make these bots, like these bots itself resell. That's really impressive. Um, now, for example, today you're going, you're driving down to Oregon and there's already shoes ready for you to pick up. I actually bought a warehouse in Portland um, to store shoes and do kind of drop shipping. That's like another thing that I've been working on, drop shipping and reshipping. And so today while I'm driving down is I have a meetup uh, with someone selling me about $15,000, $20,000 worth of shoes that he's bought. Um, so that's kind of why I'm driving down right now so I can bring those gotcha. shoes back up. So when you're meeting up with a seller and you purchase the shoes from him or her, are you, do you usually like go through credit card or do you have to take out a loan? Um, what does it look like to purchase shoes? 
um, right now we're just kind of all three of us when we moved to Bellevue Square, we told ourselves that we weren't going to take any money out. So like everything that we've made gets reinvested. That's kind of the capital that we're working with right mm -hmm. now. Gotcha. Um, as far as credit cards, a lot of these guys who sell shoes in bulk, they prefer cash or wire. Um, okay. That's usually how, yeah. Okay. And besides like having to get or purchase the shoes, um, when you guys had to realize you guys were going to open the store in Bellevue Square, did you guys have to go to the bank and ask for a loan? Um, not really. I mean, we would have taken a loan, but it's mm -hmm. just um, the way banks work. They don't really give out business loans to small businesses like us until we reach that one or two year mark. And so everything that we have right now, it's literally based from what I put in and what my partners put in. When I think of getting a loan, I know I had to pay it back, right? Yep. So opening a store and getting a loan would be so huge, like um, knowing that you have that uh, financial burden or or just that amount you're going to have to pay back every month. So that's why I kind of ask, how did you guys um, get the money to open it? Like, were you scared at all? Um, knowing like that you have to make rent every month? Or did you guys already run your, your numbers and know like, hey, we're going to be okay? Um, for us, I, I mean, all three of us, we've been in this industry for like at least five to 10 years. So we kind of knew, like shoes really just sell themselves, right? Mm -hmm. But there is one thing about loans like that I want to speak on. There's a misconception about banks and loans um, that like loans are bad because you have to pay it back or like the interest rate or stuff like that. But to be honest, like I, I can't speak on like your average person, but like for me, I would take like any loan for any amount up to like eight to 12%. But that's just because I know like shoes so well that that doesn't really scare me. Like if the bank offered me a loan for $10 million at like 10%, I would take it in a heartbeat. I mean, one thing I will say is mm -hmm. There's so many ways to make money in the world. Um, like even mining crypto, for example, right? Like let's say you take out a loan for a hundred K. I think like, like industry standard rates, I think are like between six or 8%. And that's like considered really good. Um, but like, if you invest all hundred K into mining crypto, you'll get about like 8% a month back. That's why I'm like a huge advocate for like no savings account. <laughs> Gotcha. Because I think like mm -hmm. if you if you put any money in a savings account, that's money that you're giving the bank to make money off of your money. And they'll give exactly. you back like one percent or less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you have any fears or doubts when you started the business at 14? Um, I didn't really have any fears or doubts just because I knew the prices that I was paying. I could get more. And it's not like the, the value of the shoe depreciates, right? Unlike most things today, um, that, this is, that's something that a lot of people don't really know. Like shoes in general, they will go up in price after a year and it, it'll be any rate that you get anywhere. And I'll stand on that because a, a lot of people really don't understand how the shoe market works. There's a great um, YouTube video, a TED Talk about shoes and about StockX that 
I think a lot of people should watch the the resale market for shoes. From what I remember, is more than like what Nike, Adidas, and all these huge companies are worth, like net worth wise, and that's insane. Like if you if you were to go um, even today and just pick out a shoe that releases and you just buy a hundred pairs of those in one year, I guarantee you, you'll you'll get a better return than anywhere that you can find. When I say like any release, I'm talking about like Jordans, Yeezys, stuff that kind of people build hype around and mm -hmm. um, they generally go up in value. So the difference between like someone who knows what they're doing and someone who doesn't is picking the right shoes. Like any Jordan will pretty much go up um, after a year, but picking the right shoe um, to invest in will get you, I guess, more than um, the average. What are your top sellers? Um, at the store, believe it or not, it's the white Air Force ones. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like I've seen like original Air Jordan one um, shoes sell for like a hundred grand. Like it's crazy. Like people love, I guess, original shoes. Um, oh, there's a lot of collectors out there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, there are. And um, that's really incredible. A lot of these people buy the shoes and they probably don't wear it. Have you seen that? Like where they just buy it and um, kind of leave it in a box or um, just for display? Yeah, all the time. It kind of depends what you, it's like a person to person thing. Like someone could buy the shoe because they like the history or the, the way it looks or that they want to invest in it. Um, but oftentimes a lot of people will buy it to wear. I don't really keep too many shoes um, that I don't wear nowadays. Mm -hmm. So when you started, were there a lot of competitors? Um. Are you talking like when I was like 14, 15? Yeah. Um, I would say there was a decent amount of competitors, but um, I wouldn't say there was too much because I found a way um, to kind of sell my shoes for like way above market. And not a lot of people knew about it back in the day. Uh, it was what I mentioned earlier. It was called Flight Club and they would like sell their shoes for outrageous prices like insane. Um, and what a lot of people didn't know back then was like, they actually sold those shoes. Like we would just think in our heads, like no one's going to buy these, no one's going to buy these. But I took a chance and I actually consigned a lot of my shoes with them. And I was like pleasantly surprised how quickly they sold and at those prices. So I was able to pay a little bit better than my competitors mm -hmm. um, because all these guys were just kind of buying and reselling locally. How about now? Um, it's 10 years later. Have you seen more competitors come up? Are you intimidated by them at all? Oh, yeah. There's so many more competitors nowadays. Like, there's sneaker stores open up every other month. Um, but I'm, I'm not really intimidated because this is such a niche market with a whole lot of barriers of entry. So if you had to give a list, like a grocery style list um, or bullet points of the steps to become successful in this industry, what would they be? Um, so actually, 
it's funny you mentioned that because my little brother actually started reselling shoes recently and he kind of asked me for the same thing. The, the number one tip that I gave him was to find your sellers first, find a place where um, you can excel in selling shoes um, and find something that you can do better than others. So what he kind of focuses on is customer service. Um, so he would literally drive to people nowadays and drop shoes off um, and stuff like that. But other than that, it's, it's a really hard industry to get into if you're starting today. Um, the only difference or the only really way that you can get started nowadays is it's if you wanted to invest in shoes, which I 100% recommend. One of my close friends, um, he's, his name's Isaac, but he's known as Sneaker Invest. And he basically kind of teaches people about the industry and about what shoes um, you should invest in and then what returns that you're expected to get and stuff like that. I could just imagine how much your business is growing annually. Uh, how much were you making when you were 14 versus like how much you're making now? Um, I want to say when I was 14, I mean, every sale that I, I did early on, I was only making like 20 or $30. And I did that for about a couple of years until I found Flight Club and I started consigning with them. Um, and that was pretty much the first big step that I took. Um, and then outside of Flight Club, I met like a lot of other um, sneaker shop owners I consigned with those guys because they gave me a better rate and then um, pretty much built my way up from there. I want to say when I first started, oh, it's so hard to put a number to it, but maybe like from $400 starting and then I went up to like maybe four or five grand and then 15, 20. And then I bought my like first car at 16 from my parents was a Honda Civic. And then that kind of allowed me to like move quicker and do uh, a lot of things more efficiently. And then from like consigning at all these sneaker shops, I probably got to around maybe 80, 90 K a year. Uh, now it's even crazier. The store alone, uh, it's, it hit about, it hit seven figures sales in two months, two or three months. Seven figures in two months. That's incredible. Do your parents know you're in, you, you've you been doing this? Like, do oh, they yeah, ask you what's your career? They've always been very supportive of me. And like, that is truly the biggest blessing because they, like they, although they pushed me to go to college and stuff like that, but they always told me to kind of follow what I'm passionate about. And so I really took that to heart. Um, and now I'm doing what I love. So, Were there any big challenges that you faced along the way? Um, there are some, but I mean, a couple of them I don't really like to talk about. But I guess the biggest challenge for me was college, to be honest. Because when I, when I got to college, like college was like pretty fun. And it kind of, so I was fortunate enough to find shoes early on and it allowed me to travel the world, um, stuff like that. But I also, it was like a double-edged sword because it also made me complacent. And at one point in my life, 
I was like kind of not as like my work ethic like slowly died um, while I was in college because I wanted to kind of live my life a little bit more. And um, by the end of it, like I, I spent a whole lot of money just trying to live my life. And then when the money ran out, I was like, like, what should I do? Like, should I look for a job now? Or should I like go back into selling shoes? Cause there was a pretty much like a three year span where I was kind of selling shoes, but not really. Uh, but after college, it kind of reignited that flame in me that I, this is what I want to do. So did you, have you ever held a, a job besides um, running your own business? Um, I interned at Microsoft for a year, um, my senior year of high school. That was fun, but that kind of made me realize like, this is not what I want to do with my life. Okay, you graduated and then um, you went back into uh, growing your business. Yeah, that's the great part about like sneakers and like just networking in general, because even though I took that three year or two, three year gap, like right when I um, graduated or like a little bit before I graduated college, I hit up all the people that I knew previously and they were all just so glad to like help me and like get me back in this industry and stuff like that. How did you meet your, um, your co-founders? Um, I've known both of them for quite a long time. Like back when I first started selling shoes, um, we would go to the same events together. Um, it was called Dunk Exchange. Uh, we would, we kind of all really knew about each other. Um, but it wasn't until recently that we kind of rekindled and like talked about like relocating the store, um, what our goals were. And they actually were the ones that reached out to me to um, have me on board for the next step. And from there, we kind of just talked about like where we see this company going. Now that the three of you guys are running the Mecca of Abbey Square, do you guys all hold the same responsibilities or are you guys each in charge of different areas of the company? So the great thing about us is like, we're like three different puzzle pieces that fit almost perfectly. Like we're all three of us excel in different areas um, that are necessary for a sneaker business, I would say. So for me, I'm more like back end. I'm in charge of paying um, and just finding the best prices for us in bulk. Um, I keep track of pretty much all the analytics, what sells, what doesn't sell, how fast it sells, what we need more of. Um, and then we have um, my, my, partner Ahmed who's more so front end marketing um, making sure stuff do sell what our next steps are um, and then we have Waleed who's just like a Swiss army knife like this guy can pretty much do it all and he's one of the hardest workers I've ever met like whatever needs done he'll do it that's awesome um, you mentioned about marketing um, is there any key marketing platforms you guys use to um, share with the uh, with potential customers? Um, right now, we're mostly on Instagram. That's kind of how uh, we kind of market ourselves the most. Um, outside of that, we've been getting a lot of big time clients, celebrities come into the store, and then we use that to our advantage. Um, so Adrian Peterson, 
we actually get a lot of Seahawks players come in, but the biggest name that we've gotten so far was Bobby Wagner. He actually came in last week. Um, he bought a couple of pairs from us and then he actually gave us his phone number um, and then texted us a couple of pairs that he's looking for and we were able to source those for him. Wow. So then in a way you, you're kind of growing your network even more. Exactly. Like all, all these celebrities that come in, they, most of the times they'll leave us their name and number. Um, and we always have that like connection now. Have you ever met a celebrity where um, you, you sold shoes to them and then it led to a referral? Oh yeah. That's, that's usually how it happens with the Hawks players. Okay. Like a couple of them will come in, um, shop with us. We'll post them. They'll repost us. And that kind of, allows for more Seahawks players to know that like we're here inside the mall, like feel free to come on by. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how a lot of Seahawks players found out um, about our store. Yeah. That's like a free marketing. Exactly. It's like word of mouth. Don't really it's think, organic. Yeah. From my experience, that's the best uh, way. That's like it one is. of the best marketing uh, ways or to get new clients. So hands yeah. down, it's the best. So COVID has caused like a huge trend uh, known as the Great Recession where people voluntarily quit to search for work that um, has better conditions such as better pay, work from home, or just work that's more meaningful. Um, Would you say that you found a fulfilling career? And what advice would you give someone who is searching for a fulfilling career? Um. To answer that question, yeah, I think I pretty much I've known that I wanted to do this for, for the rest of my life. Um, as far as advice, it's kind of hard because for me, I think that experience is everything. Like, to it's, I can't tell you how to find what you're passionate about. You just have to go and kind of experience the world. And that's something that you kind of have to find for yourself. I don't know if that makes sense. But I think also like society has kind of told you things to like, it's basically telling you to, to work that nine to five, but it's not allowing you to go experience the world and kind of find what you're truly passionate about. Like for me, like I kind of found this through traveling, like the, the thing I did with swirl and the road ice cream like I went on a trip with two friends to New York and we saw something that we didn't have back home and we wanted to bring that back home that's how that all started Rahi Chen of the Mecca what an incredible story he was able to hone in on his experiences and identify opportunities from his passion if you're ever in Washington State make sure to stop by his shop in Bellevue Square Mall or check out his website at themeccaboutique.com. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on our website at www.dayoneway.com or follow us on social media.